welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. of our praise, our praise and our adoration. We magnify you today. Praise God. Well, everybody say praise the Lord. Praise God. God is, this song, he's great and greatly to be praised. Amen. He's an awesome God. Amen. None like him. And my, didn't we have churches last weekend? Praise God. And, uh, and so we're excited to have Brother uh, Vinny Azzalini back with us again Sunday night. So y'all have to put up with me on Sunday morning. Praise God. Praise God. Vinny Azzalini. Wouldn't you like to have a name like that? He was right when he said, you know, he just sounds like one of those names. But... How many enjoyed his personal testimony Sunday morning? You know, that's why I say in Pentecost, when you, when you look at people, you really don't have a clue where they came from. And so uh, uh, it's exciting to see the lives of people that are changed because what a testimony, what an example to people that are struggling with different things in their life. Amen. It's just a testimony that says, you know, look what the Lord hath done. And, uh, and then on Saturday, uh, we're going to be doing the going home service for Sister Jackson. Amen. What a wonderful lady. 52 years. <laughs> to, kind of, to kind of put that in perspective, I was nine when she came into the church. 1969 when she came into the church. So she's got a lot of history. And... Uh, uh, Sunday school teacher, very positive person, uh, just uh, had a smile on her face when most people would not have had a smile on her face, and uh, so she was uh, very, uh, you know, much involved at, at uh, Monsanto the Mound, and uh, would teach classes uh, in, uh, in uh, a uh, uh, college setting, and so on and so forth, so she would never, you know, Never, you would never look at her and say, oh, here's this smart lady, you know, but yet in reality, she was very smart, but very kind, big heart. We thank God for her. And then also, we've got others, Sister May Niece, her brother, uh, Ovi. Uh, we call him Ovi. It's actually O-V-A, I believe, but uh, I, I remember him from a kid and uh, uh, her family, and we're praying for them for their loss. And then also Sister Rachel lost her uncle, and I think his funeral is tomorrow. So we have life and we have death. You know, and, uh, but the most important thing is to make your election sure. So when that time comes, then we can go to be with him. Acts 25 tonight. So glad to have you here this evening on this, on this uh, uh, Wednesday evening. And uh, we're going to begin Acts 25, verse 1. We're still talking about the church. Everybody say, he's going to be done one of these days. 
this is 25 weeks of uh, Acts, and there's 28 chapters. So we're, we're at the end of it, this expository uh, preaching in the book of Acts. Amen. We just, but I'll tell you what, the book of Acts is where it begun, or began, and, and i tell you what, it's still going on today. Amen. The Holy Ghost is still being poured out. Chapter 25, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Now when Festus was come into the province, after three days he ascended or went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Then the high priest and the chief of the Jews informed him against Paul and besought him or petitioned him. And, and ask a favor against him that he would send for him to Jerusalem. Now notice, laying weight in the way. Now the translation there simply says, while they lay in ambush. Man, these guys really wanted to take Paul out. They really wanted to take Paul out. You remember we talked about the, the, the 40 that made the vow, that made the vow. We're not going to eat. We're not going to do anything until we kill Paul. Right? Well... Uh, probably a lot of them, if they kept to that, they were probably already buried before Paul got to, you know, got to this point. Amen. So he desired to ask, laying in wait to ambush or to kill him. But Festus answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea and that he himself would depart shortly thither. Verse 5 says, Let them therefore, said he, which among you are able, you that have authority, go down with me and accuse this man if there be any wickedness in him. All right, we're going to start with these first five verses. Let's put our Bibles down. One more time, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. Your word truly is, as the scripture says, a lamp unto our feet. Amen. It illuminates the area that we're walking in. And we're praying, God, that it will illuminate our mind, our heart, our soul tonight. Amen. That uh, during this study tonight, you will help us glean from something. Amen. That, we'll, that we can take with us that will help us along the way. So I pray, God, let your anointing rest upon us. Amen. And let your word be alive tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. So last week we talked about Paul going before Felix. Felix was uh, pretty familiar with the, the Jewish system and how, how they worked. And then uh, uh, you know the story. They brought Tertullius in, a lawyer, to try to accuse Paul. Uh, and, uh, and how that he started with all these glowing, flattery words. Uh, to try to just uh, entice uh, the governor. And uh, then at the same time, he tries to belittle Paul. And then Paul had his chance at defense. And uh, he just basically says, they have no proof of what they're talking about. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and, and so they called uh, the way, the called heresy that they were trying to prove against Paul. But Felix kept Paul under guard. Uh, at the same time, he gave him liberty. And Felix listened to Paul uh, one day tell him about Christ. And uh, uh, the Bible lets us know that Felix, uh, he was married to a Jewish lady, uh, Drusilla, and uh, he trembled under conviction. Uh, but there's one thing about being under conviction uh, and, and, and responding to that. Sometimes we come under conviction, but we don't respond to it. We, we just kind of get through it and then we go on our way. Amen. But, but when conviction comes on us, we need to respond to that. And just say, Lord, here am I. Help me with my situation. But Felix said, go away until a more convenient time. But he missed 
his opportunity because uh, after two years, uh, Felix was replaced by Festus here in chapter 25 that we're going to talk about. Festus was not familiar with the Jewish, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit, but not familiar with the Jewish way uh, as, as uh, Felix was. And so therefore, he was more of the Roman influence. So when Festus comes to power, uh, Felix now had been removed as the governor of Palestine. It looks like, uh, you know, he served about four years, uh, so three or four years, and it looks like that they would switch in and out. Uh, but, but Festus is replaced, is his replacement. Uh, and, and Felix understood this Jew, the Jewish traditions. He understood the Jewish religion. Why? I think a lot of it was because his wife was Jewish. Uh, but Festus, on the other hand, did not understand uh, these ways. Uh, he had no prior connection with the Jews. And so Festus uh, comes down to Jerusalem uh, and uh, 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 from Caesarea at that time, Caesarea was the Roman capital of Palestine, but Jerusalem was still the spiritual capital to the Jews. So Festus goes to Jerusalem to meet the spiritual leaders of that day and time. Uh, you, know, you know, there's something important about that. If you, if you want to find out about spiritual things, you need to go to church. Amen. You need to go to church. Is church perfect? No. Amen. Is anybody in here tonight perfect? I mean, if you find a perfect person, please let me know. I'd like to talk to them a little bit and find out what perfection is like. Right? You're not going to find perfect people at church, but you will find God. Now, you can find God in other places, but when we come together and we sing, we, as we gather together, we sing and we worship God and the presence of the Lord begins to move. Once again, I say this often, but I like to say it. He inhabits or lives in the praises of his people. That's scripture. That's what the word says, right? Amen. So that means when I open or when I entertain his presence or when I set the table or, or when I begin to sing and I create that atmosphere for God to come in and move in, in my life and in the service, right? So uh, uh, to, to find that spiritual place, you got to find that place with God. Amen. So Festus in this process, he hears about Paul. Uh, now, now Paul, he was a, a character. You first, we first talked about him as when he was Saul, <clears throat> Saul of Tarsus, and uh, he was perse persecuting the church. And now God, on the way to Damascus, stopped him in his place, turned him around, and now he's being used uh, in Asia Minor in all these countries. Why? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with Paul was the kind of person where, in, where he was uh, intelligent, uh, no doubt spoke different languages, and uh, was able to go in different places and communicate and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. A great missionary. Amen. A great missionary. Hallelujah. Amen. Still yet, we remember that uh, this two years that, that, that uh, uh, Felix had his initial hearing with Paul, uh, nothing had happened. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week because Felix wanted something. He was hoping that uh, Paul would say, hey, look, if you'll just let me go, I'll, you know, I can raise the money. Uh, I can call the churches. I can get people to give money. How much do you want? Amen. That was, that was pretty common back in that day and time uh, for them. And actually, if you go to some of the uh, other countries of the world today, uh, you, if you carry a little bit of cash on you uh, and they stop you, uh, they're usually looking for a bribe. All right? 
Amen. So Felix wanted something from Paul, and nothing really happened. He didn't really respond to God, and then he left, he left Paul in prison trying to, uh, you know, uh, uh, let the Jews be a little happy with at least that decision. Still yet, those Jews, after two years, everybody say two years. Say it again, two years. Two years in prison. He's in jail. Amen. He's, he's there. They've got him in house arrest, whatever. And they could not, they could not get rid of their grudge against him. Come on. Man, if, if you hold a grudge that long, that's, that's going to be damaging to you. The stress of it alone is going to tear you up. Amen. So you've got to realize that holding grudges never works to your benefit. Turn to your neighbor and say amen. Amen. And also, not only that, this high priest, Ananias was the last one, this high priest, it wasn't the same high priest. So the high priest had changed. Two years had gone by, and they still are holding this grudge against Paul. Amen. So, uh, you know, now, now we got the replacement to Ananias. Uh, Ananias turned out to be a very corrupt person. And so, uh, uh, you know, uh, there you have it. So how ridiculous this must have sounded to Festus. Them coming to him. We want to execute a guy that's been in jail for two years. Two years. Amen. They, there was this bloodlust that overrode their good sense. You know, we have an expression that says, think before you speak. How many understands that once you speak, you can never take that back? Sometimes you just need to let that thing rattle around in your brain for a little bit and don't ever let it come out your mouth. Amen. If you don't ever want to say you're sorry, then don't let it come from here out. Amen. So they, they, they couldn't stand this guy. They hated this guy. They wanted Paul. They wanted to kill him. And so that, 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 that bloodlust was driving them all of this time. Amen. So they approached Festus and said, you know what? You know, we're so glad to meet your acquaintance. Uh, you know, we're so happy that you're here. And uh, we're, you know, but, but oh, by the way, by the way, uh, there's a guy that, that we want to have killed. My words. But when you read the scripture, you understand that's what they're saying. They're still after Paul. Amen. Not, not really the best uh, form of introduction, I would say. Amen. But, 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 but conviction, conviction, because you realize he was preaching them Christ. And conviction was causing them to retaliate. Conviction. You see, understand conviction. Conviction is a powerful thing. Amen. Conviction will bring you to your knees uh, one way or the other. Either it will bring your knees to repentance. How many still believes in repentance? Do you believe in the death, burial, and the resurrection? Amen. And so when you come to the Lord, you repent of your sins. Amen. You're buried in His name. Why? For the remittance or the remission of those sins. Amen. You clean that house out, and then you let the Spirit of the Lord come in. Why? Because you, you need Him to take residence in this temple, amen, so that you can withstand or fight off the other enemies of your life that would like to take up residence, right? Amen. So conviction is a powerful thing. You will either do it in repentance or you will do it like these guys and you'll be in rebellion and then the consequences of that are disastrous. Amen. So they come to Festus and they ask Festus to send Paul to Jerusalem. Now once again, when you read the scripture, amen, they, they were going to try to kill him once again. They were laying in ambush. Amen. So two years later, 
Again, they're laying in ambush, wanting to kill Paul when they send him to Jerusalem. Now, what would have happened if Festus had agreed to their terms or to their request? Undoubtedly, Paul would have traveled under Roman escort. Because you remember, Lysias, when he took him from Jerusalem back to the castle to get him out of the Sadducees and the Pharisees fighting over the resurrection, if it was real, and all these different things. So he takes them out of that mess so that they would not kill him then. But in this case, once again, they're trying to request, they're asking and requesting that they would send Paul back to Jerusalem to be tried in Jerusalem. But if Felix would have agreed to that, or Festus would have, no doubt it would have been traveling under the supervision of the Roman escort. So possibly, if they would have done that, soldiers would have been killed in the process. And then, what kind of retaliation do you think would have happened to the, those that were down in Jerusalem that would have been brought down on them? Amen. The Roman government would not have put up with that. And there would have been a lot of innocent lives that would have died and been persecuted because of that decision. Amen. So remember, conviction is either going to bring repentance or retaliation. Rebellion. Amen. Walking away. So let me tell you tonight, if you need God, the best thing to do when conviction comes on you is just submit to God and say, Lord, here I am. Touch my heart. Touch my life. How many knows what that's like? Amen. But, but understand, when you fight against God, you will never win. Amen. You will lose. Amen. It's better to submit. I, I was telling a story last week about how I've, I've watched people in the old church, in the old church, when I was a kid, and they would get a hold of the back of the pew, and their knuckles would turn white when that conviction would start to hit in that service. Amen. I've I, I seen that. I've seen, them, I've seen them leave their pew and come to the altar, and I've seen them leave, leave, leave their pew and go out the doors. Amen. I'm telling you, the best place to go is to the altar. Amen. So verse 6 and 8 here in chapter 25. And when he had tarried, or he had remained among them more than 10 days, this is talking about uh, 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 Festus, he went down to Caesarea, and the next day, sitting on the judgment seat, commanded Paul to be brought. And when he was come, the Jews came down from Jerusalem, stood round about, laid many, uh, laid many and grievous or serious complaints against Paul, which they could not, everybody say they could not prove. How, how many, how, you know, there's a lot of people that say a lot of stuff, but they can't prove what they're saying. Amen. Don't ever worry about somebody that says something on you or puts a tail, uh, a tail bearer against you. Amen. If you know there's no truth in it, you say, but everybody will believe it. Well, it'll all pan out in the end. Truth always comes out. Truth always comes out. So they were trying to plant the seed. They, they had these complaints, these serious complaints, which they could not prove. And while he answered for himself, just like he did the last time, neither against the law of the Jews, neither against the temple, nor yet against Caesar, have I offended anything at all. I haven't. So Festus is sitting there listening to Paul and he tells the Jews, he says, come to Caesarea for this hearing for Paul. Notice, 
Oh, now, if you, if you look at the scripture here, you'll, you'll see the dates or the times that I'm talking about here. But on day three, they started talking about Paul. And on day 11, they were still talking about Paul. And Festus sees that this is, this is important to them. And so, uh, you know, uh, they keep chirping about it. So he says, okay, I'm going to agree to have this hearing. And so the Jews came from Jerusalem. They came to Caesarea. And again, they once again started in with all these charges and all these accusations and, and, uh, against him, all kinds of things that they were trying to bring up. But they still could not prove anything. Now, now, once again, let me say this. How sad it is to hold a grudge for that long, that length of time that it still drives you to try to destroy somebody. Let me tell you something right now. We should not be in the business of holding grudges and trying to destroy or assassinate somebody's character or, or destroy their life or hurt their family or, or whatever you do. Amen. Don't ever, don't ever enter into that because, you know, I, I like to look at it this way. And I try to live by this. I really do. I don't like to enter into a lot of conversations about other people that I don't have any, any reference of or I don't have any, uh, 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 any, any, any uh, truth of or I don't, I don't know things to be truthful but somebody else is talking. You know, when somebody else is telling me a lot of stuff about other people and they're just really adamant about it, I kind of feel dirty. Amen. I got, I got to go talk to the Lord and say, you know what, Lord? I probably listened to that a little too long. Amen. Don't be, a, don't be afraid. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, you can really look at people. You can look at people like this. My daughter's good at this. You can, you can be, somebody can be talking to you, and, and I could be going, I'm sure, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my mind is out there somewhere. It's out there. I'm kind of letting it go in one ear and out the other. Hello? Amen. Because I really believe that as a Christian, we've got to guard ourselves. You've got to guard what you put in here. You've got to guard what you put in here. Amen. Because understand, a lot of things that go in your ear ends up in your heart. And if you don't deal with that, you've got a problem. Because it's going to grow up and begin to choke out anything you've got as far as the spiritual sense is concerned. Oh, let's clap our hands and praise Him tonight. Hallelujah. So they couldn't prove it. They couldn't prove it. See, oftentimes the original offense has been so long ago that it is forgotten. But the grudge remains. You know, if a church really wants to have revival, if we really want to have revival... These are the, 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 the issues of the heart is what we have to deal with. The issues of the heart. Now, Brother, Brother uh, Azalini was talking about uh, uh, dominion uh, this last weekend, and, and he was talking about uh, uh, jurisdiction, that, that the, you, you're in your house, your temple, you've got to take jurisdiction. Amen. Before you ever take dominion, you've got to have jurisdiction. Amen. You've got to have really dominion over yourself. Amen. Before you can ever go out and have dominion or take dominion over, over other things. And so we have to understand it's the issues of the heart that will begin to stop those kind of things from happening in our lives. And then it's just the same old, same old. 
Amen. We come to church and do the same thing and go through the same process and, and the same thing, but yet we don't get any further. Why? Because there's issues of our heart that we haven't taken care of. And it's sad when I, it's sad when people will say things like, well, you know, I will forgive you, but I can never forget it. No, you need to stop right there because that just simply tells me that you've never really forgiven. Amen. And it's hard. I know. We're human. Amen. So when something happens, we want to retaliate. We want to, we want to really get the, uh, the best lick in, if I could say it that way. But yet sometimes we got to stop and say, you know what, Lord? It's not worth it. And if I really want to live for you and really want to follow in your footsteps, i got to realize, amen, that I'm going to have to take a lot of stuff on the road in this journey, amen, to be successful. And Paul just knew how to do it. Paul, Paul, Paul knew the right words. He knew what to say. He knew how to, how to address it. And, and, and so Festus, he says, Festus, I, I haven't trespassed against my religion. I haven't, done, I haven't done anything. I have not violated the temple. They were trying to say he brought a Gentile into the temple. He says, I have not done that. He said, I haven't even broken any Roman laws. Amen. They have, they, they, and he goes on, you know what, uh, Festus, they, they have no claim they have no claim to accuse me. None of these things are true. You know, isn't it, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it great to know when you have a clear conscience? I always say this. I say, you know what? When I lay my head down on a pillow at night, I want a clear conscience. And if, if that means I need to talk to God a little bit before I close my eyes... Or if I need to kind of, you know, address it, I want to I do that before I go to sleep. Because you know what? We're not guaranteed to wake up. How many goes to sleep at night you don't even think about things like that? I'm 61 now, so when I go to sleep at night, I've did this for a while, but I, I, I think about those things. You don't know. We don't have a guarantee for tomorrow. So I need to do what I need to do today. If I need to make things right with God, I need to make things right with God right then. I don't need to put off, I don't need to, to, to pull a, a, a Felix and say, uh, you know, uh, at a more, uh, you know, at, at, a, at a different, uh, more, a season that would be more advantageous to me or, or you know, at another time, uh, a more convenient time, you know, a more convenient uh, season and come back and we'll talk about it. The Bible never records that that ever happened. Amen. I want a clear conscience. Everybody say a clear conscience. So let's look at verse 9 here in chapter 25. It says, But Festus, willing to do the Jews a pleasure, answered Paul and said, Wilt thou go up to Jerusalem and there be judged of these things before me? So Festus says, You know what? I want to kind of keep the peace here. So let's find a compromise. Everybody say compromise. So there's this proposal of a compromise. If Paul will go back to Jerusalem, then Festus will sit in judgment over him. Now, I don't really know that I believe this is true. Let me tell you why. Because if Festus really wanted to judge Paul, he could have judged him there at Caesarea. Amen. There was no reason to send Paul back to Jerusalem unless either 
One, he wants Paul killed on the way. Or two, he wants the Jews to judge Paul and then they would do it themselves. He had no connection to the Jew. He didn't understand their deal. He was a Roman through and through. But in verse, in verse 10 to 12, notice what, he's, what Paul says. Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. You know, you, you can judge me now. To the Jews I have done no wrong as thou very well knowest. You know by now I've done no wrong. For if I, if I be an offender or have committed anything worthy of death, he used a term here, I refuse not to die. Now the translation says, I do not object to dying. That wasn't what Paul was worried about. But he said, if there be none of these things whereof these accuse me, no man may deliver me unto them. Now notice what he says. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, he did that because he was a Roman citizen. See, all the way back then they had rights. Everybody say rights. So he said, I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, he answered, Hast thou appealed to Caesar? Unto Caesar thou shalt go. He said, There was nothing they could do about it. There was nothing they could do. So Paul, Paul doesn't accept the compromise. Look, let me, let me tell you something about compromise. Compromise can and will lead to destruction. Use it in anything. If you have a compromised structure, if something happens, there's an earthquake or a fire, whatever it might be, and they come in and they inspect that structure, they are looking for compromises. They're looking for things in that structure that says this is not safe or this is an unsafe place, which means it's uninhabitable until those are fixed, if they can be fixed. So when you, when you look at your personal life, amen, your life that you're living for God, you don't want compromise in your temple or in your house. Amen. You don't want that. You want, you want, you want to, uh, the Spirit of the Lord, amen, to be able to reside in a temple that is holy unto Him, right? Amen. So Paul recognized that there's no reason for him to be judged in Jerusalem. And he accurately points out that he's already at this judgment seat of Caesar. And he points out that there has been still no evidence presented to condemn him. So he says, if I can't get a, you know, we talk in our day and time. How many believes in fair trials? You better believe in fair trials. Amen. I don't, I don't want to ever get before him and not have a fair trial, right? Right? I believe in fair trials. Uh, but Paul said, you know what? Uh, you know, if, if I can't get a fair trial here, he understood the law. He said, if I can't get a fair trial here, and he knew he wasn't going to get a fair trial. This has been going on for some time now. Two years plus. Right? And he said, if I can't get a fair trial here, I'm appealing to Caesar. I want to go where I, I know I can get a fair trial. Trial. And, and, and so, as a Roman citizen, as we said before, he can appeal to the final court of Caesar. 
and if he doesn't feel that he has gotten a fair trial in the lower courts. Now, it's amazing. You can look at what, how, they, their Jewish, how they did their uh, uh, court systems and so on and so forth and their judges and their juries and all that. And, and kind of, you can, you know, a lot of our laws were made up from a lot of those things and how they do. And I believe uh, that it's the right thing. You want a fair trial. So Festus recognizes that with Paul's request, he understood the Roman law. He could not hold Paul any longer. Let me tell you something tonight. Just a sidebar here. You know, when you come in, when you come in contact with Christ... As a sinner, the world has a hold of us. As a sinner, the enemy of our soul has the influence over us. But when you come to Christ, when you repent of your sins, oh, it ticks him off. Because he cannot, he no longer has jurisdiction over you. Right? Whom the Son has set free, he's free indeed. Amen. No more change in the world. No more, no more heartache from the world and all that. Yes, we might go through our different times, but we have Jesus Christ that we lean on. Amen. And him alone. Hallelujah. And so he said, ye have appealed to Caesar. Caesar, you'll go. But notice now, this, this fulfills the prophecy. Remember, we talked about it back in the 23rd chapter of the book of, of Acts, verse 11. Now we read it again. It says, and the night following the Lord, the Lord stood by him. Everybody say the Lord. And said, be of good cheer, Paul. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also in Rome. You see, when God gives you a word, understand, nothing's going to cut that short. He said, you've testified of me in Jerusalem. Didn't matter if they were going to try to kill him. Didn't matter. God was always going to intervene. He's always going to intervene. Let me say it again. You'll never beat him. You'll never beat God. Right? Amen. So now the path was set and Paul was on his way to Rome. Verse 13 through 21. Notice what it says. And after certain days, King Agrippa and Bernice came unto Caesarea to salute. They came to greet Festus. And when they had been there many days, Festus declared... Paul's case unto the king saying, there is a certain man left in bonds. He's a prisoner that was left there by Felix. About whom when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews informed me, desiring to have, or they were asking for a judgment against him. To whom I answered, it is not the manner or it's not the custom of the Romans to deliver any man to die before that which he is accused have, have the accusers face to face. And have license, or at least he has an opportunity to answer for himself concerning the crime laid against him. Verse 17 says, Therefore, when they were come together, or come hither, without any delay on the morrow or the next day, I sat on the judgment seat and commanded the man to be brought forth, against whom when he stood up, they brought none accusations of such things as I supposed, but had certain questions against him of their own superstition. Translation. Of their own religion. And of one Jesus. Which was dead. Whom Paul affirmed. To be alive. And because I doubted. Or because I was uncertain of such manner of questions. I asked him whether he would go to Jerusalem. And there be judged of these matters. 
But when Paul had appealed to be reserved unto a decision or the hearing of Augustus, I commanded to be, him to be kept till I might send him to Caesar. Now, so in this portion of Scripture, we have King Agrippa and his sister, Bernice. They come to visit this new Roman governor, Festus. Now, in my mind, in my mind, Elder, he's trying to feel Festus out. It's a new guy on the block. Felix had been there a while. So we're going to come and we're going to try to feel Festus out. Feel kind of what, you know, what kind of person he is or what kind of governor he's going to be. And, 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 and we're going to just kind of talk to him a little bit. And so, uh, you know, Agrippa, understand this. They were under Roman rule. And so Agrippa at that time, he was a title head. He got the title of king of the Jews. But in reality... He was just a puppet. He really didn't have a lot of power. He knew the system. And the governor, like governors like Festus that didn't know the system of the Jews, hey man, it was good to have somebody that he could talk to. And so he was, he had, had been around the Jews for a long period of time, Agrippa had, and understand who Agrippa was here. First of all, his great grandfather was Herod the Great. Herod, Herod the Great was the one that tried to kill Jesus at his birth. His grandfather was Herod. Herod, that Herod, was the one that had killed James by the sword and had Peter put in prison. These are pretty nasty guys. So Festus reasons that Agrippa might know more about the business at hand because of his past experience and his family. And so Festus relates the accusations of the Jews against Paul. And he said, you know what? They did not accuse him of the things that, 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 that normally I thought they would have accused him. I thought they would have tried to tell him and say, well, Paul is trying to start an insurrection. Or Paul is trying to, 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 to uh, uh, cause people to commit violent acts. So that's what I thought that he was going to bring to us. But, but I really don't know what to do with this. He's talking about, verse 19, Jesus who was dead. And Paul affirmed that he was alive. And so in his Roman mind, and their system of courts and, and keeping records, he said, it's a matter of Public record that he was died. He died. He was dead. He said, we can find the trial records. We can see the execution order. We know he's dead. He died on the cross. We put him in a grave. But yet Paul is saying he's alive. <laughs> you see, understand this. The fundamental truth of Christianity is the death of burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Festus couldn't understand it. And you know, most people can't. He couldn't understand it. Agrippa sitting there, I believe he couldn't fathom it. <laughs> but Paul declared it. Paul declared it. See folks, we preach Christ. Amen. We preach Him crucified. We preach that he was buried, but we preach also that he rose again. Yeah. 
He was resurrected. We also preach that he rose and ascended into heaven, right? We also preach that on the day of Pentecost, he told them to go tarry into Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on a high. Amen. They did that. And as the scripture says, amen, while they tarried there those 10 days, uh, all of a sudden there was a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. There was tongues like as a fire that set upon each of them, right? Amen. All of a sudden it broke out of that place and all of a sudden they were preaching to thousands of people. 3,000 was added that day. That's what we talk about. That's what we preach about. That's what we believe. Amen. I don't believe in a dead God. If, there's, if he's dead, why, why are we here? Why are we going through the motions? Amen. No, we're here today because we say, look what the Lord hath done. <laughs> I used to be there, but now I'm here. I used to go there, but now I go to church. I, I, I used to be caught up in all kinds of other things, but, but be, by the grace of God, Amen. And the mercy of God. Here I am today, right? Praise God. Oh, clap your hands and praise Him once again. Hallelujah. Verse 22 to 27. Then Agrippa said unto Festus, I would also hear, or like to hear, this man myself. Tomorrow, uh, said he, and thou shalt hear him. And on the morrow, when Agrippa has come down, and Bernice, with great pomp, and was entered in the palace of hearing or the auditorium with the chief captains and the principal men of the city. At Festus' command, Paul was brought forth. Verse 24 says, that Festus said, King Agrippa and all men which are here present with us, you see this man about whom all the multitude of the Jews have dealt with me, both at Jerusalem and also here crying that he ought to not live any longer. These people, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, you know, I, I really would like to sit down and talk to some of them and say, Man, what, what, what tripped your trigger? Why, why are you so ticked off at a preacher? Because when he preached to you, you got convicted? And you gnashed your teeth and you wanted to stone him and you wanted to kill him? And I mean, just look at the life of Paul. Man, I mean, that, that guy had some serious people that, that were trying to boil him in oil and feather him, tar and feather him or... All that stuff right there. So anyway, uh, they didn't want him to live. But verse 25 says, But when I found that he had committed nothing worthy of death, it was obvious that he himself had appealed to Augustus. I have determined to send him. Of whom I have no certain things to write unto my Lord. Wherefore, I have brought him forth before you, and especially before thee, O King Agrippa, that after examination had, I might have somewhat to write. For it seemed to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not withal to signify the crimes laid against him. He was struggling. As Paul met before Festus and Agrippa, and they come in together, big fanfare, all the chief people and the prominent people, chief commanders and the prominent people gathered around, and they bring Paul out. Paul was kind of used to this. wasn't nothing new to him. And... He steps into that chamber, and as he's introduced by listing all the accusations that the Jews have made, Festus does not say that Paul is worthy of death. They were hanging, hoping that Festus would say he's worthy of death. You see, folks, let me stop and tell you this. Now, Pest now Paul 
Paul had the opportunity to speak to Festus. Had the, had the opportunity to speak to Agrippa and to Bernice's sister about the gospel of Jesus. Paul did not waste any time. If he was facing death, he was still going to talk Jesus. If he was still facing problems and all that, he was going to talk Jesus. Amen. We have to realize that there's something about it. There's something about it. Amen. That no matter what you're facing, you've got to be, you've got to be ready to give an answer. Yes, amen. Something about it. We got one or two things. Last week we were fasting and praying. This week we're fasting and praying. Amen. And we're going to have services this weekend. But I'm going to tell you something right now. We need to pray. We need to pray that conviction would rest in our services. That people, their knuckles would turn white. That they would find themselves in a place, in a valley of decision or a place of decision that says, I've got this why in the road. I've got to choose one. What will I choose? Let me, let me, let me tell you like the old song. I have decided... To follow Jesus. Right? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. We had an older saint in church. I still remember it in my head. They would stand up and testify. And they would... They would talk about the goodness of the Lord even though they had their rough days and they wanted their family saved. But they, all, they would always say, but if they, if they choose not to or if they don't, I'm still going to serve God. I have decided. Let's stand together. I have decided to follow Jesus. Paul understood that nothing else mattered. In his life. Two things. Number one. I'm sure. He had a conversation with the Lord. Often. About. How. Salvation came to his house. It set him on another course. To where he says. You know what. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. But me preaching the gospel. Wherever I'm at. And nothing else matters except for me to be ready when the Lord chooses to come for me. I have decided to follow Jesus. Amen. How many has decided that? I've decided. I've decided. No turning back. No turning back. It's a decision each and one of us have to make. We have to make it. I can't make it for you. You can't make it for me. All I can do is preach the word. All I can do is to try to, 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 uh, uh, for us to create an atmosphere where the Lord's presence can come down and begin to deal with our heart and our mind. That's the, that's the most important thing is for us to put ourselves in that place. I have decided. You got that song ready? Amen. Let's sing it. I have decided. Follow Jesus. Oh, I have decided well to follow Jesus. Oh, I have decided 
turning back. Oh, no turning back. Come on, raise your hands and sing it. Well, I have decided. Follow Jesus. Well, no turning back. Oh, no turning back. Oh, though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Well, though none go with me. Still I will follow no turning back. Well, no turning back. Why? Well, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow more time clap your hands and praise him tonight come on just thank him for a moment thank him for a moment oh Lord we thank you we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your mercy we thank you for your loving kindness that you have so graciously shown to us we thank you for this opportunity that we have to be in your house of worship tonight we thank you for the peace that we have we thank you for the joy that we have for truly it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. We thank you for the hope that we have in you, knowing that one day you will come for us. We do not know what that day will look like, whether we will go by way of the grave or whether we'll go when the trump sounds. But either way, the scripture says that when that trump does sound, the dead in Christ are gonna rise first then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together to meet them in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So tonight I pray, God, that as we leave this place, that our ears were open to hear and our heart was open to receive and that we would be softened up to your call, amen, and your command for our life. So we pray, God, that you would bless us. We pray that you would go with us and lead us and guide us. And Lord, let us be a vessel that can be used of you to reach out to somebody that's going through a terrible time of their life or they don't know which way to turn. But we can say, look what the Lord hath done. Let me tell you my testimony. So God bless us tonight. Lead us and guide us. Go with us. Keep your hand of protection upon us and bring us back safely into your house of worship this weekend. And we're praying in the process that your spirit is going to be poured out and more folks are going to be filled with your spirit and buried in your name for the remission of their sins. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're believing. That's what we're expecting. And that's why our excitement is raised tonight. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And let everybody say amen.